our guest speaker for us today. Uh, you know, she is someone that does not like the limelight, so that's why I am excited about being able to do this for her. Uh, you know, but she is a lovely lady, and she works, uh, you know, del- diligently, uh, you know, um, for our youth and with our youth department. And yes, uh, you know, she puts up with her husband, Marcus, uh, you know, but, uh, you, know, uh, you know, let's give a big round of a well, round of, let's, blah, blah, blah. let's welcome our speaker, uh, Renee Barnes. Okay, so can you hear me now? <laughs> I can't talk like I talked to Marcus in here. I might get struck by lightning. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so yes, I do not like doing this, but um, I was asked to, so of course I'm going to do what I believe God has asked me to do, not necessarily what the pastor has asked me to do. Um, so again, you know, as we're doing this, um, series on the unshakable hope, of course, the pastor's preaching the same information or from the same, um, information in the mornings as we are in the evenings, but he didn't cover any of my stuff, which was really good. <laughs> he was trying really hard and I could tell, and I appreciate that. Um, cause I know some others, he did that. <laughs> um, so again, the, um, so the main scripture, of course, is from Romans 8.34, and as the preacher um, read that this morning, that is where our, um, the message is, um, the promise that we are going through this week is God's promise is that Jesus is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. As we know, um, storms of life come at all of us. And the pastor had mentioned this morning, you know, people wish that we, once you become a Christian, that you don't have storms anymore and why wasn't it that when Jesus was walking on this earth that the rains didn't happen or the winds and the storms Um, but as he said this morning Jesus was human he was in human form and so he had to deal with the same things that we deal with so he faced troubles we faced troubles the disciples faced troubles a major factor in any storm is communication So this raises the question of what does Jesus do when we are facing the sometimes crashing and chaotic times in life? So today we'll consider that unshakable hope and the promise that Jesus is praying for us when we face life's struggles. Um, In Romans 34, 834, excuse me, um, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. In John 16, 33, Jesus um, tells us that we will face storms of life. In this word, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus is not being pessimistic when he says this. He's being realistic. Um, very true. Right? Um, so, you know, in the Bible we talk about, or we hear and read the stories of Jesus facing all kinds of troubles. Um, some of the um, biggest ones that we recall or um, when he was arrested. So, of course, when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane um, in Mark 14:50, you know, then everyone deserted him and fled. 
all of his friends who had stuck with him all this time for those three years in his uh, ministry, you know, Peter said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And yet they all disappeared um, because a storm came. Um, also in Luke 23, verses 20 and 21, Jesus' own people rejected him. Uh, the scripture says, wanting to release him, son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. As Jesus' followers, we also will face storms. As the disciples did in the scripture, um, in Philippians 1.29, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Peter and John were put in jail for proclaiming the message of Jesus. That was in Acts 4.3. Stephen was put to death for his belief in Christ in Acts 7.57 and 58. And then Acts 8.1 tells us that the early church was persecuted. And that was after Stephen was put to death. Again, as the disciples were doing what they were supposed to do and sharing the gospel of Christ, the church was being persecuted. These are storms in their lives. Paul and Silas were beaten and imprisoned for sharing the gospel of Christ. And that was in Acts 16.22. So as we talked about this morning and tonight, Jesus intercedes for us. The word intercedes means to make specific requests or petitions before someone. So have any of you ever um, interceded for someone else? In prayer, of course, but also in person. When you speak up for someone who, you know, there may be a situation where um, they are being persecuted in some way, and you speak up for them, and that is interceding for them. Um, we're going to read some scripture now, if we can put up Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the wind by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. In this scripture, we read how Jesus interceded for his disciples. Uh, in the scripture, the Romans 8, 34, it talks about pre as Jesus is praying for us. And in this scripture, where he has gone up on the mountainside after he has sent the disciples um, into the Sea of Galilee to cross over. But he is praying for them. And, of course, it doesn't tell us what he's praying at that moment. But he's made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him. The disciples were obedient, and yet they were about to be in the midst of a huge storm. They could have turned around and gone back to the other shore. They could have done a lot of things, but they persevered, as Jesus expects us to do. 
Um, he expects us to continue through our storms and not give up. The trip across the Sea of Galilee was about a five-mile trip and should have taken about an hour. However, about three to four miles out, they faced the gale-force winds and threatening waves. At this point, Jesus was up alone on the mountain praying. He was also in the storm, so where they were being pelted by the rain and the wind, he was as well, but he's still praying. He wasn't running for shelter. He wasn't trying to um, get indoors, that kind of thing. He was still praying for them, for us, for all of the things that he was praying for. But then he went and saved them. So at the time that they're on the water, um, it's now about 3 a.m. So they've been on the water since before dark. So you figure six, seven hours for a trip that should have taken an hour. Um, and so he goes to them in the storm, and he saves them. And, of course, Peter, being Peter, you know, he, Jesus, tell me to walk on the water, and I will, and he does. And, of course, then he starts to sink, as sometimes we do in our storms. We want to say, you know, Jesus, we'll, we'll hold your hand, and we'll get through it. Um, but sometimes we start to doubt, and we start to worry. Um, and, and we say that's human nature, and it is. But we have to keep in mind that he is always there and he is always interceding for us. Once they got back into the boat and the winds died down, the disciples' response was to worship Jesus as the Son of God. I think they knew it all along, but that was really the opportunity where they could really say, you know, he, as many miracles as he performed before that point, they were still um, amazed at what he did. Jesus continues to intercede for us before the Father as we live out our days. In John chapter 17, Jesus prayed for his disciples and for all of his followers. In verse 6, Jesus said, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. And in verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. He was praying to God about the disciples but he was praying about us. We are the ones who have now believed in him through their message all those years ago. The Bible states that Jesus continues to intercede for us. In Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. And in 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. Max Lucado tells a story um, in this chapter of the book that I'm going to have um, played on the... He does a better telling of the story than I would. Uh, so I'm going to let um, Andrew, if you'll play the, the video. My friend Chris was nine years old when he was diagnosed with a severe case of mononucleosis. And the doctor told him that he would have to spend the entire summer at home indoors. Can you imagine a nine-year-old boy being told he couldn't go outdoors all summer? Chris was athletic, rambunctious, loved life, and here the doctor was telling him that the summer was going to come and go and Chris would not be able to ride his bike, would not be able to fish, would not be able to play Little League Baseball. 
For a nine-year-old, and really for anybody, but especially a nine-year-old, this was a Galilean storm. Chris's father owned a pharmacy. Chris's father was a man of God. And Chris's father began praying, Lord, there has to be good to come out of this. Just so happened that Chris's father sold guitars in his pharmacy, and he wasn't a half-bad guitar player himself. So he came up with an idea. He brought a guitar home, and he presented it to nine-year-old Chris. And every morning before going off to the drugstore, the father would teach Chris a new chord or a new technique. Well, Chris kind of took to it. And all of that time alone in the house with nothing to do, he used to learn like a boot camp in playing the guitar. Well, by the end of the summer, Chris was pretty good. He was singing Willie Nelson songs. And he had written a few songs himself. Within a few years, Chris was leading worship at churches. Within a few decades, he was called the most sung songwriter of this generation, perhaps of all history. Maybe you'll recognize the names of some of his songs. How great is our God? Holy is the Lord? Jesus Messiah? You see, I can't help but think that Jesus was praying for nine-year-old Chris Tomlin. So everybody's heard of Chris Tomlin and his beautiful music, um, but to find out that something that early in his life caused him to go in that direction was pretty amazing. And Max Locato does a better job of the story. He doesn't talk as fast as I do. So, <laughs> um, so again, it just talks about how um, a storm in his life, where as a child he didn't know how to pray, but Jesus, through his father, was praying for him to give him that. So, as I said in the beginning, an, an unspoken assumption among Christians is often that they'll get a pass on life's troubles once you become a Christian. Many think they won't or shouldn't face storms. But the Bible and Jesus himself dispels that dangerous assumption. So how do you respond to the storms in your life? Are you surprised by them? Do you get irritable with others? Do you question God's goodness? What can you do to realistically face up to the storms of life? We can know that Jesus is always communicating to God for us when we face the storms. So ponder this promise. Right now, at this moment, in the midst of your storm, Jesus is interceding for you. The king of the universe is speaking up on your behalf. He is calling out to the heavenly father for you. How does this promise encourage you? How does it encourage you to know that when Jesus speaks, all of heaven listens? Jesus is sovereign over all storms. No one is promised a storm-free life until we reach our eternal home in heaven. But we can rest in the unshakable hope that Jesus is praying for us. 
God's promise to us is that Jesus is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Our promise and response should be, I will take heart because Jesus is speaking up for me. Thank you. Oh, man. <clears throat> that was good. Renee, that was good job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Renee brings out the encouragement of the promise, uh, where I kind of brought out the security within the promise, uh, you know, that we have, uh, you know, from this morning. Uh, you know, so in looking at this and thinking about this promise that we have, yes, we should be encouraged. Uh, you know, the one that heaven listens to is praying for each and every one of us. Before the storm, during the storm, and after the storm. He is praying for us, interceding on our behalf. Amen. 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 Let's stand for dismissal. <clears throat>